Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories of encounters with God. I'm Robin, and I am here with Lindy and Katie, and we are the Storytellers Live podcast. And today, we have Tammy from Iowa. And we're very thrilled because Tammy is our podcast editor. And a while back when we asked you all to start submitting your stories, she was one of the very first ones to reach out. I know. I'm so excited for everybody to hear her story because it is a story most people can relate to because a lot of us at some point in our walk with God have said, why? Why are you allowing this to happen to me or to our child or to our spouse or to our parent? And, um, and Tammy gives us this concept of shifting our thinking. And I'm excited for you to hear what God spoke to her because I think it might change your walk with um, God as well. And you may hear a little difference in our sound today as we discuss on the front and back end, but we will let you know at the end of this story exactly what is going on and why. So enjoy Tammy's story. Before we get to Tammy's story, we are so thankful for Never Thirst, and we want to tell you about our partnership with Never Thirst Water and Building a Well. They provide clean water, and not only that, they bring Jesus to these people in need. Yes, we are so excited that we are in the middle of our Cambodia campaign, where we will actually have a well in Cambodia serving 25 families with fresh, clean water that it will have a plaque that says storytellers on it. We've had a great response. And so what we want you to do right now, pause this podcast, pause the podcast and hop over to storytellerslive.org, our website, and click on that campaign banner. And you know what? Give what you can. If you could give 5 or $10, $20, we could have the well built. And we are so close. We have one week left. And our goal is $4,500 in the next seven days to complete it. We are over halfway and we are so thankful for Never Thirst and their partnership. And we would love for you to join us in that. Thanks. Hey, everybody. My name is Tammy Munson. And first of all, it's weird to be on this side of things. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I am the editor for, for the Storyteller podcast. So it's kind of strange, but we're just going to go with it and see what happens. You know, it was funny. Robin put out a call for stories several episodes ago, and I was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe I should share my story. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. And, but I just felt this call to, so I contacted Robin and she's like, yeah, let's talk. And then she's like, yes, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, so here we go. So like I said, my name is Tammy. I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana in a very loud, very Catholic family. We were in church every Sunday from pretty much the day you were born. (laughs) Everybody went together. It was a big family thing. And then we would always go to my grandmother's house for, for dinner. And it was always really fun, you know, because we we had church in the morning and it was was really a day of being together and being with family. That was just our life. That's, that's what we did. And I went to Catholic school from kindergarten all the way to when I graduated high school. So that that was that that's a whole different story for a whole another time. <laughs> no, another time. Life for me was pretty normal, pretty easy. Uh, there wasn't really a lot that happened during those years. Um, I was a typical. I was a typical Southern girl growing up in New Orleans, and it was a, a lot of it for me was um, you know just pretty typical. After I graduated high school in 1991, you guys can do your own math there. I went to the University of Southern Mississippi. After being there for a few months, I realized it was not the place for me. Sometimes you just know that it's not 
not your, not your space, not your place. And somebody kept calling me home. And at first I thought, oh, I'm homesick. That wasn't it. I went back home. My, my mother was excited. My dad was like, are you kidding me? We just moved you. I came back home, went, started at the University of New Orleans there, and, and, th- and things were, were going fine. The summer after my freshman year, one of my very good friends unexpectedly passed away. I became very angry with God. How, how could you take away an 18-year-old young man who hadn't even begun to live life yet? And that's when things kind of to go off the rails a little bit. After his death, I, I was floundering. I didn't really have a purpose. I was angry with God. I, there, there was just a lot going on. And, and everything, everything felt like a failure. Everything that I was doing, everything, every relationship, it felt like I had was a struggle. And until I met my husband, Dan. I met Dan and I met in 1997 and I would love to say we had this cute little story of meeting, you know, at work or at college or something like that. No, we met on the internet in 1997 in a chat room called I fell in love on AOL on America online, but I knew immediately he was my person. He was really good for me. He, I knew it was him and he knew it was me. It was just something. and, And I truly believe God was like, I'm putting you two together because this is, this is what you both need. We got married. And then a few months after that, I got pregnant. And I thought, oh, finally, this is just, you know, this is the way it's meant to be. I've got this amazing husband who loves me unconditionally and supports every crazy decision or thing I want to do. And now we, you know, our family's going to be complete with, with this baby. And it wasn't an easy pregnancy. It was difficult pretty much from the time that I found out until she was born. Uh, There was lots of nausea. There was lots of bed rest. There was lots of gaining weight issues. There was just everything that happened. There was many times I went to preterm labor. And then finally at 36 weeks, Kirsten was born. And the labor itself was hard. It was 12 hours and her head was not tilted the right way. And she was struggling and her heart rate dropped and my heart rate dropped. And it was all these really hard, hard things, even in her delivery. Um, but finally she arrived and she had 10 little t- fingers and 10 little toes. And, and she seemed absolutely perfect because of the hard delivery. There was some issues. Her head was a little misshapen. She had a hematoma on the side of her head from the internal monitor her APGAR scores were kind of low, but then they came up and they, they said, oh, no, we, we think she's good. We think she's you know pretty healthy and you guys can go home in a couple of days. Great. Kirsten was having issues from, from the start. She was crying all the time and projectile vomiting and all kinds of issues. And I remember thinking, I must be the worst mother in the world because my baby just cries all the time. And my mother-in-law is trying to assure me, no, you're not. So we kept taking her to doctors and I got the, oh, it's fine. You're just, a, you know, you're, you're just anxious because you're a first time mom. It's all okay. And I, but I didn't really feel that it was. My husband accepted a job in New Orleans. So we moved from where he was living in Minnesota back down to New Orleans. And so I decided that the only choice for me to accept what doctors were telling me was to take my daughter to my pediatrician as a child. He's known me all my life. He took very good care of me. 
we took her in. He said, oh, I think there's something wrong. Let's order a couple of tests. Now, Kirsten wasn't meeting hardly any milestones at this time. She was five months old and was not, I mean, she, she was, hasn't even rolled over yet. Uh, so we get all these testings to set up and we, she's on the floor one day and we're trying to get her to roll. And she finally does. And she bumps her head on the coffee table. Well, most babies did cry a little bit and then they're okay. Not Kirsten. Kirsten went basically into a seizure. Her eyes started to roll back and her body got really stiff. And so she, so we immediately were like, hey, something's seriously wrong. We took her to the ER. A few hours later, they discovered what the issue was. She had a brain injury due to delivery when she, when she was born. Uh, she had MRIs and CTs and all kinds of tests. And they basically said that uh, she had a traumatic brain injury and that there was old blood sitting on her head and they were going to need to do emergency brain surgery tonight. And before we knew it, we were meeting with some of the best neurosurgeons in the state and they were telling us all the, everything that, that could happen. She could, she could die. She could, there's all kinds of stuff that they tell you of what could go wrong. And here we are, our baby was six months old and she was having emergency brain surgery. She made it through it, but she wasn't doing well. We had been there for a couple of days before they did the surgery. And um, they said, basically, you guys need to go home. You have not slept. You obviously haven't showered. <laughs> you go home. There is nothing more that you can do here. So against my better judgment and my husband literally pulling me out of the hospital, we went home. And when we left the hospital, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know if she was going to make it through the night. We didn't, we didn't, we just didn't know. And I was angry. I was so angry with God. How could he let this happen? This is my daughter. How, why did it have to be so hard? But I was just praying that she would make it. Just please let her make it through the night. I, I, I'm not set up for this. So we get back to the house and, and my husband's like, okay, honey, you need to really need to take a shower because, and so I'm in the shower and usually when I'm in the shower, that's where amazing ideas happen or thoughts, or, you know, it's kind of like Robin in the bathtub. Um, all of a sudden I heard this, I heard this voice that says, it's not to you. It's for you. And I'm glad it wasn't like an audible voice because I think I would have really freaked out by that. But it, but it was just like something that, that just kept saying, it's, it's, it's not, this is not happening to you. It's happening for you. And I'm like, okay, that, that's really weird. But I've got bigger fish to fry right now. <laughs> I, I've got to get back to the hospital. I've got to figure out what we're going to do and what does her life look like and all these really big, these really big issues. So after three weeks in the, in the pediatric intensive care unit and, and a subsequent surgery, Kirsten came home on Thanksgiving Day and on my husband's birthday. So it was a very big celebration. We had so much to be thankful for. Um, she, was, she was doing well. Um, and then, but we had a plan. If you give me a plan, I can do anything as long as I have a plan. And so we started to move forward with that plan. And then the seizure started kicking in even more. Then the doctor said, there, the fluid keeps coming back. We need to go in and take, take this fluid out 
we think she needs a shunt that because it keeps coming back time after time after time where the shunt would take it from her head and deposit it into her gut. And that way her body can just reabsorb it naturally. And that, that should help things. So we take, you know, we get everything set up. We take her in and they're prepping her for surgery. And, you know, we've already been through this a couple of times before and I'm like, okay, but I'm, I'm you know, as, as mama, I'm still like taking my baby, please bring her back to me take her to, to pre-op and they, you know, they're doing their thing with her. And so we go to the coffee shop and, and then we hear this page, Mr. And Mrs. Munson, please return to surgery pre-op. And I've never run through a hospital so fast in my entire life. I had the worst scenarios running through my head and they said, surgery decided to do one more scan of her brain and basically said the fluid was gone. And I'm like, what? Food's gone. Gone, just gone. <laughs> and they said, take your daughter home. And we were like, okay. Again, I hear this floating around in my head. This is not to you. It's for you. I'm still angry. I'm still not believing that this God is working the, this miracle. And so over the next few years, we deal with a variety of issues with Kirsten, with therapy and developmental delay and vision issues and, and all kinds of different things. And it, it's all hard. It's not an easy season of life. And in that time, we we got pregnant again and had another daughter and she was in the neon. She was born at 33 weeks. And that's another story altogether too. But this is Kirsten's journey. So Fast forward to seven years later, Kirsten is battling another seizure disorder again. If she has had every single possible seizure disorders that she could possibly have. She was having 10 to 12 seizures per day at this point. Nothing was working. She was taking medications, like heavy duty medications, and there were still breakthrough seizures. And we were we were at our wits end. The doctor that was taking care of her was at his wits end. And so my husband was active duty military at the time. And so we were living in Wichita Falls, Texas at Shepherd Air Force Base. And so we were sent to Fort Worth um, to the Children's Hospital there. And they did a 72-hour EEG. And if you've ever taken your child to have a 72-hour EEG, you know it's not fun. Trust me, it's not. I don't care how old they are. <laughs> it's not a good time. But we, we got a lot of great answers. And basically, the neurosurgeons and the neurologists came back and said, we, we know where the problem is occurring. We would like to go in and remove that part of her brain with this epilepsy surgery. And we struggled with that because we knew that it was going to change her personality. She wouldn't be Kirsten anymore, but she wouldn't be fighting the seizure disorder anymore either. So we were starting to make plans to go forward with the surgery because that would give her a better quality of life, even if it did change her personality. At the same time, all of a sudden, my husband received orders to be transferred from Shepherd Air Force Base to Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, D.C. And it was just odd because we did, usually you kind of hear things before it actually happens, but we heard nothing. It was all of a sudden, Dan, you have orders. You need to go. You need to be there as soon as possible. And we're like, oh, well, this is fun. So we, we started to prep for that. Now, Kirsten has taken like three or four different medications. And I mean, I had charts and graphs and all kinds of things of when she needed this and what happened and what she was eating and all these different things. And my husband affectionately called me the medication Nazi. And I was, I mean, because that was the only way to kind of keep the seizures at bay is to somebody needed to stay on top of, of this. 
we hit the road to Army Medical Center. We, we decided to postpone her surgery until we got there because Walter Reed Army Medical Center is one of the best military hospitals in the world. And we figured that's where she needed to have this done. And we wanted the, the neurosurgeon and neurologist there to kind of take a look at her and make sure that this was the right thing. Well, we, we hit the road to DC. My husband, myself, two kids and two dogs in the car. It takes three days. On the second day, we're kind of busy. We're, you know, making sure that we have everything. We have all the paperwork and everything. And we're in the car and I have this, oh my God moment. Like I forgot to give her her meds this morning. It has been four hours since she's had any kind of seizure med. And I'm like, how in the world could I forget to do this? This has been part of our daily routine for years and years and years. And I looking in the back and she's fine. And I said, Rebecca, she had a seizure yet this today? No, mom, she's good. Kirsten, you're good? Yep, Kirsten, good. I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. So we, we, we stop and I call the doctor and he says, well, let's just kind of see what happens. Kind of do that and we get to where we're going to spend the night and we give her the medication over the night and, and we're back on our way. And so they, you know, basically we get to D.C. and we call the neurologist at uh, Walter Reed, and they say, bring her in. We want to do an EEG on her, see, kind of see what's going on. You know, maybe she needs a medication adjustment. Maybe, maybe it's working. I don't know. Um, so we go in and, you know, EEGs at this point are, you know, just a regular occurrence <laughs> and they get her connected and they run the EEG and I'm in the waiting room because she does better when I'm not there sometimes. And and the doctor comes out and says, well, Mrs. Munson, I'm really confused because her EEG is perfect. She has no or seizure activity at all. Her brain waves are completely 100% normal. And I'm like, there's no way that, <laughs> that that can't be possible. You must have did it wrong or something. Like, what are you guys doing around here? And he goes, no, I've had several texts and doctors check it. It's She's not having anything. So her doctor says, let's take her off meds and see what see what happens. Worst, worst happens, she has another seizure, we put her right back on. To this day, she has never had another seizure. Again, I hear, it's not to you, but it's for you. And I began to realize that this whole thing was for me. Kirsten was brought into our lives for... For this reason, God was trying to, all up until this, I was doing what I thought that I should be doing. And I knew better, but I didn't know better. And I started praying more. I started talking to God more about why this happened. And and I actually got clarity on it and asked him, what was next? What was next for Kirsten? What was next for for me, and I felt this calm over myself that I hadn't felt in years. I wasn't angry. I wasn't frustrated. I wasn't irritated. I was calm and at peace with where we were and what was going to happen. And and it was just, okay, I should have been listening all along, <laughs> but I wasn't because if you know, know me, I'm quite stubborn when it comes to things especially when I th- if I think I know better. I'm happy to say that Kirsten is now 22 and is doing very, very well. She is seizure-free 
and medication free. She is working at a job that she loves and is planning on going back to college starting in January uh, in the tourism arena. But we've learned so many lessons with Kirsten. God has used my daughter to lead me back home and my husband and so many other people around us and to teach us so many different lessons about the little things. One of the things we learned with Kirsten is that you have to celebrate the small wins. Whenever she had a small gain or she took her first steps or she started using sign language to talk because her brain wasn't working well enough that she could use actual words, we celebrated those things. Yay, she can, she can say the word cat. Yay, let's go have a party. We started to do that. And then we realized that's what you have to do in life. You, you have to celebrate these, these small things. You know, I, I used to wonder so many times about why me, but now I know that I was purposely chosen to be Kirsten's mama and she was purposely chosen to teach me and so many others all these lessons. I look at our journey with Kirsten as planning a trip to Hawaii. You plan a trip, you get the tickets, you go shopping, you get all the things and you dream about what, what this trip is going to be like. And we're going to have so much fun. We're going to get so tan. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to have adult beverages and all these kinds of things. And you get on the plane and you get off and it's Alaska. And you're like, what? How? It's not what you planned for. It's certainly not what you were expecting. It was uncomfortable and hard. And it took creative solutions in order to see the beauty in it but it's still just as beautiful and it's still just as magical. I'm not angry with God anymore. I have a much deeper relationship with God now. And I know that that relationship is only going to get deeper as time goes on, but I know that he loves me and that he's leading me down this path that he has set out for me. It took me a, a long time to realize that this was all for me not to me. Thank you. So we told you in the beginning that we were going to give you a little explanation of why our sound is different. And that is because today we are not in person. We are recording on Zoom. My daughter, y'all heard me talk about this some, and it's actually why Tammy's story really struck a chord with me, which is that we have a daughter who has an orthopedic need and her left leg grows at half the rate of her right. And she had surgery last week. And in that process, someone in my home brought home COVID. And uh, <laughs> that, that person is feeling okay. Very thankful for that. But we are quarantined in our home. And so that is the sound issue that you're not issue, but that's the sound difference that you're going to hear today. But it's also why getting through Tammy's story, I, I barely got through it. There's so much that she talks about that's very relatable in my life. And we recorded her story while my daughter was in Baltimore having her surgery. And Katie can attest, I'm not much of a crier. And y'all, I did not make it through then. I know when we were recording, Tammy, I, after we finished, you know, we always had the opportunity to ask some questions. And I said, Robin, I know you probably want to ask some questions, Tammy. And, and you literally couldn't even, you just shook your head. No, I can't. I can't. Because it was a very emotional story for you to listen to. 
I thought, you know, there's a lot of different um, nuggets of, of wisdom that she gave us through her story. One of the things that just really stuck out to me was when she talked about God speaking to her, this is not happening to you, it's happening for you. And to me, you know, our mind is a powerful thing. I'm, I'm actually in the middle of um, reading a book called Switch on Your Brain. And um, it's by Caroline Leaf, if anybody is interested in looking that up. Um, she has a daily devotional and a book. And and she talks about just the science of our brain and how our, our thoughts are so powerful. And, and it's based off the, the um, verse, Romans 12, 2, of just, you know, how important it is to every day renew our mind, take every thought captive to Christ. And when we do that, just like how Tammy said, you know, when, when God spoke that to her the first time, she had a little shift in her thinking. And it allows us in the midst of struggles, in the midst of circumstances that we don't understand why, when we think, okay, this isn't happening to me, it's happening for me, we're able to maybe anticipate what God is going to do in that situation. Okay, God, how are you going to teach me through this? How can I get closer to you through this? And almost celebrate the circumstance because you know that he is going to do something good out of it. So I loved that point of it. I know, Lindy, you, you, you held on to something else that she said towards the end. Well, at the end, when she talked about her analogy, she said, I was purposely chosen to be Kirsten's mom. And her analogy of, uh, I was packing for Hawaii. I was excited about a vacation (laughs) to Hawaii. And the plane landed and I was in Alaska. It wasn't what I expected, but it was just as wonderful, just as magical. Mm -hmm. And just as believers, that's oftentimes our life. And we've talked in other episodes about, you know, God's sovereignty and his plan is better and bigger than we could ever ask or imagine. And I I really, I I like that analogy. I do. And kind of to tie into both of those, I think is when she made the point about small wins every day, because I think for me, I know, especially where we are right now, recovering from a surgery, you know, another, another thing is it's so easy to look at the big picture and get overwhelmed. And anywhere in life, like you're, you know, ending up in another place or, you know, all these different, all these different life circumstances that we have, you look at the big picture and it's so easy to get overwhelmed. But if you look day by day at the small win, you know, she was talking about her daughter and the the milestones that she would make. And right now my daughter's on crutches and we're working on bending her knee. And today maybe she's going to bend her knee a little more than yesterday. And um, when you're able to look at it like that, it's not so overwhelming and you can see what the Lord is doing so much more clearly. So we are so thankful y'all listened today. We hope you enjoyed it. We love when you pass it along. If you have a friend that this would speak to, by all means, text it to them, email, share it on social media. And you can find us at Storytellers Live Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can find us on our website and sign up for our email list at StorytellersLive.org. Thanks so much and have a great week. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.